Functional Black Caucus's perspective, the priority is uh, maximizing the number of African-American boards. The main priority is not losing uh, boards. The ultimate goal is to create wards with super majority of protected groups, and in this case, Latinos, so that Latinos have an opportunity to elect one of their own. You're listening to The Cloutcast. I'm Erin Hegarty, and I'll be the host this week. There is no doubt the debate on how the city of Chicago will redraw the boundaries of its 50 wards, as it's tasked with doing following each decennial census, has already begun. And as in redraw years before, the racial makeup of the city as a whole and of each ward will play a leading role in how the maps are drawn, because it's required. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 requires that a body of government mirror the racial and ethnic groups of the people it represents. Proper enforcement of the Voting Rights Act prevents cities and states from mapping out districts that block minority groups' ability to elect their choice of candidate. Chicago is not a stranger to legal challenges that have charged that ward maps discriminate against Black and Hispanic residents and leaders of the city's aldermanic Black Caucus and Latino Caucus have already pushed back against the notion that an independent commission should be brought in to draw the newest ward map with data from the 2020 census. Earlier this year, on the same day that two aldermen introduced a resolution calling for a hearing on reforms for a transparent and equitable redistricting process, including consideration of an independent commission to update the ward boundaries, The Latino Caucus, chaired by 26th Ward Alderman Roberto Maldonado, held a news conference announcing its opposition to entrusting a third party to remap the city's wards. Maldonado at the time said aldermen and the communities and organizations they represent know their wards best and would provide the best map drawing. Leaders of the Aldermanic Black Caucus, chaired by 28th Ward Alderman Jason Irvin, agreed. But still, Advocates say a third party would draw a fair map, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot even campaigned on the idea. As part of the Cloudcast series this year on mapping and redistricting, Chicago, Cook County, and the state of Illinois, we talked to Alderman Jason Urban, Alderman Roberto Maldonado, and former Alderman and Professor of Political Science at the University of Illinois at Chicago, Dick Simpson, about the process of ward remapping, how the boundaries should be determined, and how who is elected to city council affects the policy the city can enact. You are the chairman of the city council Latino caucus, and you've you've already said this year that uh, the ward remapping process should be in the hands of aldermen and the communities that that you represent, um, rather than allowing you know a, a a third party to come in and and draw the map uh, by themselves. Um, why is it important specifically to leaders of the Latino caucus that that aldermen draw the map. Um, what is the why is that a key component? My basic response and it's is very simple. Nobody knows our respective communities better than the incumbent aldermen and the stakeholders of our respective wards. And this and, and this perception I think is embraced by 90 plus percent of the members of the city council. So this is not ex- uh, an exclusive perception um, or conclusion by the Latino caucus 
I think that this is a, is a sentiment across the board of um, the majority of the members of the city council. Why is it important that aldermen know know their communities, know the boundaries? What what do you add to the remapping process, or you know, mapping out a ward that say a you know a computer or someone who doesn't know the city or its 50 wards or its neighborhoods can bring? Yeah, the 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 main two two components. Number one, keeping the integrity of the communities that really make up some of the 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 epicenters of some of the wards. In the 26th ward, for example, Humble Park, Division Street, the enclave of the Puerto Rican community. Uh, in, in, in Pilsen, you, um, in the 25th ward, you have Pilsen, although sadly it has been dismantled by, allowed by previous sitting aldermen, and you have Little Village, which is part of the 22nd Ward, nobody could imagine uh, seeing uh, Little Village dismantled in 20 different parts to be distributed uh, on 20 different, through 20 different wards. Uh, and that is sadly what an independent commission using a computerized uh, program will will do. It does not take into account the integrity of the communities that really makes Chicago a an, uh, a city of neighborhoods. That is that, that is this, that is a central piece of this position. Number two, we know how pursuant to the 1965 Voting Rights Act, and that's why we have this exercise every 10 years. Uh, to recreate, to create new boundaries of all 50 wards, which is not exclusive to the districts, uh, the aldermanic wards. Uh, this is on for every legislative district throughout the state and um, for state and congressional seats and, and county seats. And so we need to go through this process to make sure that we carve out future boundaries that would give protected groups, meaning minority groups, people of color, the opportunity to elect one of their own. Alderman Jason Irvin, who chairs the Aldermanic Black Caucus, also believes that aldermen are best equipped to draw the boundaries for their wards. We know these communities on the ground uh, backwards and forward. Uh, we can tell you, um, you know, just about anything you want to know about a particular community. And, and I think it's important, um, you know, being on the ground, understanding and knowing what's happening, uh, that we, you know, have the input that we do and the input that the law has given us uh, in, in making this happen. Furthermore, uh, we, even though you're in a community, in many cases, there are communities within the community. And, and I think it's important that uh, those on the ground know the nuances of various areas uh, know uh, the the structure of what's been there. I'll give a great case. For example, East Garfield Park has several uh, pockets and enclaves amongst itself in the community in which I live. You know, there's parts, there's Fifth City as, as one example that's actually on the map, but then there are other parts of the community that aren't on the map, but are, are true communities, even though it's all part of East Garfield Park. So if you're not on the ground, if you don't know uh, 
you know, what what you're doing and you're allowing some uh, computer or individuals that do not have the uh, neighborhood sensitivity or the indigenous feel of what's happening, uh, make those determinations, uh, then you can definitely split communities in places they may not need to be or should not be split in uh, while you're trying to achieve a goal of remapping at the same time. You work to keep communities as intact as possible. I think the challenge though, is that we have these lines that have been drawn that have been in place. These community boundaries have been in place for you know over a hundred years, right? And in some cases, they may not necessarily be in sync with what the community's heart or the true community boundaries are in a particular sense. I'll give you a case in point. There's an area in East Garfield Park that people think is actually North Lawndale. In fact, it's East Garfield Park. It's called Home and Square. People associate Home and Square with North Lawndale when in fact it's really in East Garfield Park. So I think that there are nuances in all of this that need to be looked at. And, you know, I, I just don't see some programmer or some computer being able to tell us where the hearts of people are and how and what they feel and what they believe. And so, for example, there there are three aldermen in East Garfield Park. And if we say we need to go to two, um, that means that we may have to separate an area that feels and has the sense of being North Lawndale because it lies on one side of a railroad track, we have to say, no, you need to be in East Garfield Park and go with them versus being where your true community is in North Lawndale. And so those are the types of nuances that I think that you just don't know by looking at a map or, or sitting in the computer or even just letting some algorithm uh, do the work that the human mind knowing and seeing and feeling things uh, would be able to do better in my opinion. I, I use that case, I use the Home and Square case as, a, as an example, even though it's in East Garfield Park, if you ask them what community they live in, they will tell you they live in North Lawndale. And there are nuances in communities. If I went to Uptown, I, do, I personally do not know the nuances of Uptown, but I'm sure Alderman Kappelman does. And I think it's that's why they elect their representative and it's that representative's job to come down and figure this out. Um, there, in my opinion, is no need for us to, you know, abdicate uh, what the state has given us a responsibility to do to do to give that over to a third party. It just just isn't necessary. It just doesn't make sense for us to do that. I also talked to Dick Simpson who served two terms as alderman of the 44th Ward from 1971 to 1978. He's currently a professor of political science at the University of Illinois at Chicago. He agrees that aldermen know the intricacies of their wards best, but still advocates that an independent process is the best way to redraw the ward boundaries. So it's certainly true that aldermen know their wards um, and aldermen that have compact and contiguous wards that correspond to their communities, uh, like most of the aldermen on the north side and 43rd Ward, 44th Ward, 46th Ward, and so forth, that's uh, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, and Uptown, uh, those wards make sense. Um, however, wards like the 1st Ward, the 2nd Ward, the 17th Ward, 
they look like um, Dolly's nightmares. Um, there is no logic to them. They cut across many districts or wards or communities or uh, any sort of normal pattern. Uh, in addition, some communities are divided into three, four, or five wards, which means no one alderman is responsible for those communities. So we need some standards and we need an independent body to uh, make the remapping decisions. Uh, the previous ward maps that I've experienced uh, since uh, the 1960s and the 1970s, over 50 years, have never been uh, drawn by any independent body nor reviewed in any effective way. Uh, all but the last one were subject to court findings and they're very famous uh, uh, court decisions that overturned the maps, uh, the most famous being under Harold Washington that the 1981 remap was uh, shown to be racially discriminatory and seven wards had to hold a new election in 1986 which gave Harold Washington for the first time control of the city council and allowed him to put through his progressive agenda. Uh, I've been an expert witness in nearly all of the great map cases uh, since 1970. Um, and I've seen firsthand how they're drawn, have often presented evidence that they have frequently uh, discriminated against minority groups, blacks, Latinos, and uh, the current mapping process in the state of Illinois is also uh, equally bad. And the districts are drawn for political purposes, sometimes racial purposes, but never wisely for the benefit of the community per se. The state redistricting process has been controlled by Mike Madigan. Now he's no longer Speaker of the House. That'll be up for grabs. The state has a much more complicated formula. If the legislature isn't able to do it, it is kicked to a different uh, uh, legislative district map uh, commission, uh, but it is appointed by Democrats and Republicans. Um, so there's some differences between the city council process and the state process, but uh, in general, the maps have been made uh, by the head of the Finance Committee and the Chicago City Council, Alderman Keene, who went to jail, Alderman Burke, who is now under indictment, uh, and the, the state level that have been drawn by Mike Madigan when he's been able to get the votes to do it. So what it, if um, I were in charge of it, what I would do is um, have an independent commission draw up uh, a map that uh, is as fair as they uh, could make it uh, using impartial uh, criteria that are upheld in the courts and then subject that map to debate and discussion. And if someone can show how to draw a better map that makes sure that communities like Englewood and Logan Square are represented by only one or two aldermen instead of four or five, um, then the map can be adjusted. But every time you adjust the map, you have to adjust all the adjacent wards. You don't get to move just one boundary. We will have about 50,000, a little less than 50,000 people in each ward. Um, and um, so it, uh, it will be uh, a matter of some challenge to be able to find a way uh, to draw a, a ward that will be uh, uh, successfully upheld and be to everyone's satisfaction. 
but uh, if you start with an impartial map that isn't purposely biased, uh, then um, it, um, it, it should be possible to hold hearings and to determine quickly what needs to be done to adjust the map. And then hopefully an overwhelming majority of the city council would support it. As I say, some wards you wouldn't change. The ones along the lakefront tend to be more stable. Uh, and you usually start by uh, beginning along the lakefront, either at the south or the north end, and then move from there to draw all the wards of the city. The ward remapping goals and priorities of the Black and Latino caucuses are similar, as they focus on how to best keep communities intact, ensure residents are fairly represented in city council, and maintain the strength of their caucuses by at least maintaining the number of seats their members currently hold. As it stands, the Aldermanic Black Caucus has 20 members, and the Latino Caucus has 13 members, who are either of Latino heritage or represent a majority Latino ward. Let me just say this from the Black Caucus's perspective, the priority is uh, maximizing the number of African-American wards uh, that, that can be supported based on, uh, you know, based on the numbers, right? So that's our number one priority. And our, our main priority is not losing uh, wars. That's, those are our priorities, right? So if we have to make some adjustments to make that happen, then that's what we have to do uh, in order to achieve that goal because we do not want to disenfranchise the African-American community uh, in the city of Chicago. And in many cases, we have seen uh, when uh, these uh, algorithms and others draw uh, for us, uh, while we may achieve one goal, the the look of it is so, so I won't call it crazy, but abnormal that it, it, it does split those communities up. So that's why it, it takes the human touch to you know, come in and realize what's going on, what's happening, and try to carve something that, you know, again, working to gain a super majority of members, uh, you know, blessings on this, while at the same time respecting the uh, organizations that have been involved and working with the communities that are also involved. I mean, this is, um, this is a, this is a, a unique process, but it is a process that's that's legislatively mandated and, and one that I believe that we will get done and get done properly. Now, mind you, we've had no lawsuits on this process uh, for the last uh, two remaps. The 1990 uh, map did um, it result in some uh, litigation and it was found that there should have been another black ward and that was the 18th ward. And uh, it was some adjustments were made and then we, we move forward. So, again, uh, the last two maps have not had those types of challenges. And I believe that if we continue on the same path uh, with the 2020 numbers, well, we can achieve the same goal. It is, let me just say this. It is our anticipation that uh, we have 18 black wards today and that we'll have at least 18 black wards uh, after this process is completed. Uh, we don't know the numbers, but again, uh, we will, you know, we're not walking into a situation uh, willingly doing anything. Uh, it's our goal to maintain the 18 wars that exist. Um, you know, we the Voting Rights Act, 
does protect African-Americans as our protected class. And, and it's our job and it's our responsibility uh, to maintain uh, what exists. And uh, we will definitely work to figure out a way to maintain 18 African-American wards in this city. Um, they may not look as people would like for them to look, but we definitely need to maintain the a number of aldermen uh, from those wars to allow the African-American community to elect candidates of its choice uh, to represent the African-Americans in the city of Chicago in its legislative branch of government. Well, we really need an over, overview. Uh, for instance, one of the issues is um, uh, there, if I remember right, there's something like 18 African-American aldermen, but we've lost a quarter of a million African-Americans from the city of Chicago. So if you're going to balance it by race, uh, you would probably have to lose two or three African-American seats and gain two or three Latino seats. Uh, the white seats are pretty much according, uh, even less than their population frequently, uh, even though they're still the most powerful. Uh, it's a, a complicated um, uh, problem. It, the, really, there is. It, we know what the, the right answer is. The right answer is to have an impartial or relatively nonpartisan independent commission uh, working with uh, standards like compactness, uh, uh, con uh, continuity of the wards, that they be contiguous and not be scattered uh, all around the city. Uh, and uh, preservation of community areas. Uh, if a commission drew those up and then you had to modify them slightly to reach racial balance, um, that would be the way to go. And then the city council would confirm or did not, uh, that this was indeed a fair map by a vote. Alderman Maldonado says the first priority for the Latino caucus is ensuring the integrity of communities that have existed for generations and not dividing them up among multiple wards. And when that means adding new sections of constituents to a ward, it's the incumbent alderman's responsibility to connect with those new voters. The ultimate goal is to create wards with super majority of protected groups, and in this case, Latinos, so that Latinos have an opportunity of their own, uh, have an opportunity to elect one of their own. They don't necessarily have to elect one of their own. And obviously, a new 26 ward is going to have new chunks uh, area of, uh, of areas that are not now part of the 26 ward. So I don't have a self-interest in that respect because um, if I want to – if I want to get reelected, I need to reach out to those new constituents and and have them to come and learn to to learn to know me. Mm -hmm. Because right now, the new areas that I will have in the 26th ward, which I do not know what areas those may be, I'm not. I am a I am a non-factor to those constituents. So the fact just the fact that I just just adding or keeping a given percentage of Latinos guarantees my reelection. That uh, that's an off base question uh, or assumption. To me, the number one priority should be the integrity of communities 
and making sure that the that we can create as many Latinos wards we can create uh, with the new boundaries uh, to reach as close as possible the uh, what the opportunity to elect as close as possible to a third of the city members of the city council. Um, how possible that's going to be? I don't know. Uh, we don't have the new data yet uh, of this census, uh, but that is the ultimate goal. Why is having this group of aldermen important? Um, oh, it's, it's very simple, because if we identified issues that are of importance to the Latino community, for example, you know, the, the, the pro-immigration ordinances that we, ordinances that we have adopted over the last several years, um, 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 it is important that we engage la, uh, other aldermen that are not necessarily Latinos to, to, um, to join us in supporting this initiative because ultimately it is going to help the Latino community in the city of Chicago, which is what we want to do. Uh, and so, so whether we are represented by a Latino alderman in a, in a war that is majority Latino, um, or we are represented by a non-Latino alderman in a, in a war that is predominantly Latino, uh, we want that all they meant to join us in supporting the policies that we support as a Latino caucus so that they can join us should a moment comes for a vote. And at the same time, um, those aldermen can be held accountable by their constituents, Latino constituents, whether, and, and they can decide whether the votes represent their interests or not. I also believe strongly that we need to uh, stand together, the Latino caucus, in representing our own interests, and we should not allow ourselves to be pulled out by the interests that be um, coming from the fifth floor. Now, without question, I mean, uh, we represent the largest block of any uh, group of individuals, and it helps our voice and our issues to be heard. Uh, and so with uh, while they are there are 20 black aldermen, uh, there are 18 black wards. And, you know, speaking from that level of, of influence uh, gives us a great deal of sway on how policy decisions are made, how resources are allocated. And for us to lose that would put us further behind uh, the eight ball as our communities have challenges and have had challenges. And to dilute that influence uh, would be detrimental to the African-American community on the south side and on the west side of Chicago. Well, it has tremendous impact uh, when you have a, a representative. And, and at the end of the day, I, I think that people need to understand it's, it's basic bare, bare knuckle politics. Right. Um, if you have a community that's of a certain size and of a certain stature, those individuals in, the, in that community want to be heard. But if those uh, interests are split, uh, their voice may become diluted. Um, and, and again, when you're looking at communities throughout the city, uh, while we have 77 community areas, there are many other uh, communities of interest within the 77 that could easily break our city into, you know, 
three, four hundred different areas uh, of community influence. So I think it's important that, you know, those of us on the ground know, understand and, and not want to break those communities of influence, because, again, uh, we want people uh, at a point where they're able to have representation in the area, uh, in their community, and they say make that community of interest and also elect a candidate of their choice. And being able to band together to do that is of uh, great importance to, to not just the Black Caucus, but I think to everyone in the city of Chicago. One section of the city that's divvied up into multiple wards is Chinatown. Some have advocated for drawing a ward that keeps Chinatown in one ward so that community members are not having to go to multiple aldermen to get their concerns addressed. There are not currently any Asian aldermen on the city council. Yes, it's been important to increase finally uh, some Asian representation in the uh, uh, state legislature. It's important to, uh, to have Asian Americans as uh, congressmen, which we do have. Uh, it would be nice to have an Asian American and the city council or several. Uh, the problem for Asian Americans is their populations dispersed. There's Chinatown on the south side, there's a north side Chinatown, and then there's the Indian population along Devon, uh, up in the 49th and 50th wards. And then finally, there is a Korean population that's spread quite broadly on the north and northwest side. There's a small Japanese population that's moved mostly to the suburbs, but still exists in Chicago. Uh, so that dispersal makes it difficult, and also, of course, Asian is a broad term which uh, applies to many nationalities. Well, for the Asian population specifically, it's important that Chinatown be in a single ward and not be divided into three or four wards as it was before the last redistricting. It's important that uh, Asians who live along Devon um, uh, that are uh, Indian descent uh, have an alderman who cares about them and pays attention to them. And it's important for Koreans uh, that uh, their multiple aldermen who represent small pockets of Koreans, um, in fact, uh, are attentive to their needs and so forth. Um, there's no magic solution to everything, but certainly big groups like blacks, whites, and Latinos, which are each approximately one third of the size of the city of Chicago, ought to have reasonably similar uh, representation in the city council. doesn't have to be a one-on-one. -on -one, uh, and as I say, you are always balancing uh, the need for compact wards, the need for contiguous wards, the need to make sure that communities are represented and, to make, and finally the need to make sure there's racial balance in the city council. I cannot speak for the Asian community. Obviously, I support their political empowerment as well, as well. And, and, but such as we Latinos are fighting for our own political empowerment, it is, I guess, um, the, uh, I would not, I cannot tell the Asian community how to go about to empower their own community, um, which I know that they, which I presume, uh, among their political leaders, uh, or community leaders, they are, have been working on that. I mean, they have, based upon the election of some, uh, state reps and, um, and county commissioner or, uh, water recommend, uh, water rec, you know, so yes, I, I support their, their political empowerment, but that is, 
but I, I, I defer to their own leadership to develop the strategies to accomplish that, uh, just like we in the Latino communities are doing the same. Whether or not the city, for the first time, will entrust an independent committee to draw ward boundaries is up in the air. And even though there is likely to be a delay in when results from the 2020 census makes it to the city, time is ticking. We will not have a fair map unless the citizens actually demand it. And there isn't enough demand currently for a fair mapping process or a fair mapping result. Um, so it's very important that citizens who care about this mobilize and that they mobilize now. Yes, they need to demand that they need, they can demand uh, of the mayor, but the mayor and the mayor will be happy to accommodate them. They need mostly to demand that the alderman uh, uh, be part of a of an impartial process that protects communities rather than only protects uh, their aldermanic careers. It would need to be uh, done before June, uh, probably by April or May, uh, because the census data will become available perhaps in April or soon thereafter, and the redistricting process would start uh, by summer. It might be July before they actually start redistricting. Um, but also people tend to go on summer vacations and it, it's much harder to organize citizens in the summer. So I would say there is a uh, about a five month window in which to demand fair maps. And if it's not demanded by then, uh, we will be uh, subject uh, and at, at the uh, whim of the politicians. Well, I think that many people, because they may not feel, may not have felt that their particular voice was heard in the matter. So it's, well, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that's, that's just not the answer. The answer is, hey, let's all sit down and figure out how we can keep as many people as possible intact while respecting the Voting Rights Act, while creating the 50 wars that are, that are recognized by the city and making all of these things work. So sometimes there are some points that have to get, you know, left out because we have to create something that number one, they're contiguous. Number two, they're approximately the same in population. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of factors that have to go into this. Uh, but at the same time, there may be one or two things that we may not be able to do in order to preserve everything for the whole. And sometimes you get those individuals that didn't get what they want crying foul about a process when maybe 99% of the things are right with it. And the 1%, you know, says, hey, I I've been disenfranchised, so it's bad all the way around. That's that just unfortunately, that's that, that is just not the case. That's all for the Cloudcast this week. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Aaron Haggerty, and edited by Joel Ebert. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode.